I'm Nick Filardi. I'm Jason Thielbar. Welcome to the world's second finest podcast. Today, we're talking about Batman Adventures, issue 25, which came out September 1994. Jason, I can't believe this has happened. We're the world's second finest tackling an issue of the world's finest Batman and Superman together again. Jason. Yo. If one of us were Batman and one of us were Superman, who's who? Um. Hmm. Well, you can still grow your hair out long. Uh, both about the same size. Uh, you're getting real analytical with this. You're in yeah. the tank. I, I would, I would say, I would say only, I would, I would say I would be Superman only because I would be the one more likely just to kind of run straight through a wall to like, just be like, I'm just going to go. And, and you would be the one more likely to be like, no, wait, 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 let's, let's we should maybe go around the wall. Yeah, let's, let's, pl- <laughs> let's plan this out. We can walk right around and be like, no, straight through. Before we get into Batman Adventures 25, we have the rest of the Bat books on the shelf. It's the aftermath of Zero Hour. Batman Zero, Detective Comics Zero, and Shadow of the Bat Zero. Batman Zero was written by Doug Munch, penciled by Mike Manley. Through flashbacks, we get a Batman origin issue. Batman origin gets uh, retconned a bit. Joe Chill being the shooter of his parents is out, and now that crime remains unsolved. Gordon tips Batman to a mugging and killing in Gotham. Batman tracks down some clues at a crime scene. The police missed. A matchbook and a bit of mud on the wall. The mud narrows the uh, area the killer is operating from near the Gotham River's east bank. He hits the bars looking for the matchbook match. After finding it, he finds the killer and stops him. He is the Batman. Mm. Jason. We talked earlier on the pod about how you didn't read any of these. Yeah, you you skipped right over the zeros. I I, I read I read zero of the zeros, man. And I'm a zero. And now at this point, when you edit, add in a little stinger of the yeah, 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 zero just to make it a little like exciting that I didn't (laughs) read the right fucking books. Jason, first of all, first of all, don't make more work for me. Okay. well, (laughs) yeah, no, everybody imagine the wonderful song zero. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Just just thank. Appreciate it. Call it up. in your Um, head. Here's the here's the thing. All the zeros are origins. They're all like every single one is like Batman's origin. They're all flashbacks, except for a small piece that is like, hey, here's a story of Batman catching a regular criminal. So before we get into my thoughts on this Batman, I'm just going to run through them all because they're basically all the same book. Uh, Detective Comics Zero, written by Chuck Dixon and penciled by Graham Nolan. Through flashbacks, we get a Batman origin issue. Batman's origin gets retconned a bit. Batman gets a Batmobile from Wayne Industries and finds the Batcave. He fights his way through an entire apartment complex filled with goons. He works his way from the top floor to the basement where two children are being held hostage for ransom. He silently intimidates the gunman into giving himself up. Shadow the Bat Zero, written by Alan Grant, with pencils by Brett Blevins. Through flashbacks, we get a Batman origin issue. Batman's origin gets retconned a bit. He studied a lot of fighting stuff as well as criminology with the FBI. Walking away from it all, he became the Batman. He busts up a pair of hitmen called the Stone Brothers who came to Gotham. Also in this issue, a bunch of kids doing minor crimes 
scare themselves straight by just trying to hide from the Batman. That is that was like all of it. Jason, half of these books were just origin issues of Batman with very little changed. Just origin after origin, flashback after flashback, caption after caption box. Just. It was a lot as a Batman fan trying to read this was really kind of boring. So it was a boring month. So so zero hour was like, hey, guys, here's a whole bunch of stuff about the history we're trying to fix. And then all the complicated stuff we're doing, trying to fix it. And then as an epilogue, they're like, hey, here's a whole bunch of history again. That's slightly. different. Yeah. So. So every book at, at that DC put out for the month after zero hour launched with an issue zero and they were all origin issues. Batman got three origin issues and very little of Batman's actual origin got changed. So it's just kind of like, hey, here here it is again. And you're just like, I, I guess I, like the thing is, too, it's like there's there's nothing I can really say that's like analytical or funny. It's just like, yep, that's Batman's origin. Well, do you know of do, do you know of uh, current day they still refer to these to the zero hour origins because I think it's pretty <laughs> I think it's pretty lame I don't know that he got FBI training like that's fucking lame so that's that's I'm sorry so that's that's lame as shit man the Bruce FBI stuff was like him walking away from the FBI and a couple caption boxes explaining it and it was like Bruce took the training and like passed with uh, perfect scores and everything, except he refused to do the the gun range. And then like after two months, realized that that's no way to fight crime and walked away from it all. That's it's just like really dumb. That's that's lame. I mean, that's lame. And that's that also sounds like somebody else's idea that they're like, oh, well, we have to include in like an official like he got some sort of like official elite training to which like man i I, I can tell you some stories of how not elite the fbi can be sometimes but that's another podcast (laughs) but like holy shit like man just like i i I guess now i get the feeling that like if it was just like two caption boxes maybe chuck dixon too was thinking like "Ah, fine okay you know what uh get him in and out he's batman again don't don't fucking worry about it like, don't worry about we're not, it yeah, we're yeah, never yeah. gonna bring this up again <laughs> yes this is a couple caption boxes one panel let's never think about it ever again yeah. i i know that uh you were you were asking if they've rebooted batman since and i know that you know they went through semi recently the new 52 and stuff like that yep. so i mean dc's done a couple of reboots since then i don't know if they've explicitly messed around Batman's origin or if they were just like this one panel nobody is going to remember it don't worry about it don't think about it just out of here don't wor- it, no FBI training yeah maybe it was I don't know who's to say out of here out of here to, to to keep these characters still existing I kind of think like if the if people really care about the stories and really want them to continue exist and care about continuity and things like that they should just the, the big two publishers should just do an ultimate style reboot separate line like every 20 years. You know what I mean? Just start it. I mean, if they because it's like this constant battle to stay updated with a character who's 80 years old. Like one of my favorite parts in Zero Hour was when 
the old golden age characters essentially went to real world age, you know, because they weren't the, yeah. and they all knew they weren't supposed to live that long. And it's just like, yeah, you're you're not supposed to have the same story for like come, coming close to 100 years for some of these characters, you know. So so you're let me get this straight. So your solution for this this kind of thing is reboot it in a new universe every 20 years but keep the old universe go you're like are you want to to create a crisis of non-stop like <laughs> well like universes no you, jason you are the infinite earths <laughs> that's what i'm saying uh, here. <laughs> well my, my 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 utopian vision of it would be more like uh okay we we did the ultimate universe 20 years ago it's you know now older we're going to do a big event mm. to end it and put a cap on it and then the next thing is going to be something you know just new and we're re rebooting we're, re we're going to call it something different it's going to be the same yeah. sort of idea but i kind of you know i do kind of like the idea of like because we have three batman books batman detective and shadow yeah and it would be interesting if they were all like like oh we just had batman for a while and then we rebooted and then we have Batman and Detective and then we rebooted and then we have Batman, Detective and Shadow and they're all Batman like 20 years apart. Yeah. So it's like Batman Shadow of the Bat is Batman in his 20s. Detective is Batman in his 40s and Batman is Batman in his 60s. Like that'd be kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's a way of like, you know, and, and it's also a, a way of kind of getting around these like older you know, things and these like anachronisms that can come up because like we talk about too of like, you know, sometimes there'll be these lines from like Dick Grayson and like, I know it's like the 90s, so it's not today, but like the way he talks, it's like, dude, this is like fucking like Dick Grayson from like 1968 here talking. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. And, and like I get it, but it's just like, hey, man, why not make him a modern 20 year old instead of a 50 year old, 20 year old at this point? Yeah, yeah. The retconning that was happening with the origins. They made a specific point to be like. Dick Grayson failed, had a catastrophic failure with Two-Face at some point. They only illustrate it in flashback and they don't even tell you what it is. They're like, it just went bad for him. And you're just like, OK, I guess. So in the from the feeling I'm getting from you is that like, OK, cool. We have these like new ish origins, but like right. they just kind of like do nothing with it it's like you get like i, I yeah i don't know I mean, it's, like, it's like they needed they needed to do it for hawkman like hawkman needed it because in zero hour he was like a a bum who put on hawk wings as a backpack and then all the hawkmen like merged into him and he got new hawk wings like he needs a new origin issue yeah you know batman does not but yet since it's an event thing and they're they're like we're just going to do it across the board yeah yeah i, th I think we brought it up in the, the zero hour uh, episode at least i did that like it, it felt like uh batman and superman within the zero hour story were just like kind of there because they had to be but like i think all of the editors right. at dc were probably like well we just brought superman back from the fucking dead and batman's just walking around again officially back in the bat suit they're not going to do much here they're going to be here because they're icons but Right, 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 right. <laughs> we, we don't need to. So maybe that's why also like it was kind of like a boring retelling of an origin because they were just like, we just yeah. broke the man's back. We don't need to do some dramatic like all the Batman I think they were, flood into him or whatever. Yeah. And I think they were also trying to be like, 
hey, we've been doing Night's End for a long time. Then we're doing Zero Hour. Now we're doing a reset and like, hey, new reader, you can jump in here. We're going to make this as accessible as possible. <laughs> yeah, but like. Which is funny considering what the next issues are going to be. Well, and it's also it's also <laughs> funny in that, like, how can you not admit that? there there are popular characters who weren't icons right so like take all the marvel right. characters in the 90s that weren't icons which were most of them you know save for like wolverine and spider-man right and it's right. and it's like you don't generally need to unless you're handing a comic book to an eight-year-old explain how he got his powers anyone who's grown up right. and just never read a comic book kind of gets the gist of Spider-Man and, sure. and of like Batman too. So like that, that like new readership thing, like, I don't know, man, it's fucking Batman, dude. Like you, you, you yeah, <laughs> I think, I think we're also in the age of like, here's the thing. We're in 2023 and we've seen Batman's origin in the Batman animated series. We've seen Batman's origin in year one. We've seen Batman's origin in like every single reboot of the Batman movies since 1989 it's it's when they it's like when they do an origin movie for spider-man it's like i've seen this so many yeah times like it's out there it's it's in the ether yeah we don't we don't need it anymore i think i think but it, at, at the time yeah. maybe for the fans it might have been like kind of quaint to see batman's origin because like maybe they they missed it whenever they did it previously you know what i mean yeah maybe maybe even if they kind of know it it's like oh the impact of you know the whole i'm gonna i'm gonna be in here with batman for his origin it's nice to get an origin issue i don't have one in my collection that kind of thing yeah yeah it was probably you know you know what it was probably i was thinking about it too it's probably just more of the 90s thing of like you know zero that there was a trend of zero issues there was a trend of you know re constant new number ones of popular titles you know right right like which yeah all that stuff was definitely happening it, yeah yeah understand but understand. all in all just a pretty average issue nothing to really poke fun of nothing to really praise just an up and down flashback of batman's origin let's talk about batman adventures Mm, all right you know it's it's your podcast too (laughs) fine fine batman adventures issue 25 written by kelly puckett pencil by mike parabek ink by rick burchett colored by rick taylor letter by richard starkings a comic craft edited by scott peterson with an assist from darren vincenzo nice jason got it in one fuck yeah the batman adventures issue 25 big spotlight on the cover batman on the right mullet superman on the left this is the first time we're seeing any superman stuff in the btaz universe the batman animated series universe so they don't know what they're doing with superman or superman characters in this issue yeah as we are going to find out as we start to get into it yeah they're like okay we're gonna put batman or we're gonna put superman in here but it's not the slick Superman of Superman, the animated series. He's got mullet ablaze. He looks more like Batman from, uh, you know, season one of the Batman uh, animated series. 
You know, it's not that slick angular kind of look. This cover also says on the top bonus Batman Adventures all star pinup gallery. Were they all stars, Jason? We're going to be the judge of that. Oh, we're going to have have like a little like a little fashion show. <laughs> Jason, it's just a pinup. It's just drawings. Man. I, I'm going to treat it like you don't, don't got to make it weird. I'm going to treat this like Project Runway. OK, and I'm going to have some like okay. opinions all like right. Tim Gunn would. All right. You've you've already I could tell that this podcast has already given you much too much power to wield. <laughs> oh, it, oh, completely, completely readily apparent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this title, this issue is titled Super Friends. Act one is tick, tick, tick. And we have uh, a bunch of waiters who seem who are like knocked out and, and gagged. And we have uh, goons putting on the waiter uniforms and they're setting up a bomb under a table. And the guy's like, relax, I'll count for the both of us because uh, they're they're doing it in 300 seconds or whatever. So they want to make sure they're out of there before the bomb goes off. Um, one of the things that I really enjoyed about this was Rick Taylor, the colorist, uh, tried to really lean into blue, red and yellow. Almost to the point where it doesn't really work that well, like it kind of like falls apart in places, but I appreciate the gumption and I appreciate him like thinking about it and being like Superman's in this issue. Let's like go ham. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a, uh, that's a really good point. I didn't really pick up on that. And then now it's one of those things you, you tell, you tell me about it. Now it's pretty, pretty apparent. Now it's all you can see. Yeah. 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 Well, it's like appreciating, um, you know, I, I love, with my ears bouncing around different, like focusing on different parts of a song, you know, here and there. Yeah. One of the great sure. things about music is just listening to things on repeat and just like, yeah, like sometimes it's great to just like really focus on like the baseline, you know, and then going like, Oh, Holy shit. This baseline, like it's really doing something in this song. I didn't notice before, you know, like, it's, it's just, yeah. Yeah. The color on this issue digital comes across way more red, way more blue, way more yellow than it does in print. In print, I was flipping through it because I was like, whoa, this is like eye blazingly garish. Yeah. And then when I was picking up and it, when I like flipped through to take a picture of the letters column to send to you, I was like, oh, it's actually a little more subdued on the actual newsprint, which is usually the case. But in this issue, it was the definitely the case and definitely needed to happen. You know what you just made me think of? You made me think of an anecdote that I read about uh, recording engineers and how sound engineer, how like a good sound engineer will, uh, while mastering something, you know, will make mm -hmm. sure to listen to whatever they're mastering on like the shittiest stereo they can find. Be be oh, yeah, because they yeah, want to yeah. make that's definitely a thing. Yeah, you want to make yeah. sure that what he's, you're doing he's is coloring like, it going to be as like he's wide. coloring it for newsprint. Yeah, like the yeah. idea of someone reading this digitally in 2023 is not on their mind yeah, at all. Yeah. But I, I always, I always love those little, like, just like the, you know, it's just those little bits, those little things. That's like, yeah, no, this is how we make it good. Is that we check, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're at a, uh, nice gala fundraiser. There's a general talking to Bruce Wayne about how Wayne tech feels like, technology that is uh, informational and information gathering is the future and he is competing uh, as a contractor with a, another person 
and Lex Luthor shows up. Only it's not the Lex Luthor you think it is. The Lex Luthor that you have in your brain from Superman the Animated Series, it's not that guy. Nope. He has got full head of hair, full beard, looks Scottish. <laughs> it's, it's all red. <laughs> I uh, yes. I wasn't reading. I, I wasn't reading Superman at the time, but like I know in the 90s, Superman. Lex Luthor had like. A twin or a clone or something something was happening where this this is like a version of lex luther that's not really lex luther or it is because he had cancer or so i can't remember jason the point is is that they're pulling this lex luther from the comics and it's not the lex luther you're thinking of i like i i, I like the invocation though that like and vaguely scottish it's like well yeah nick you know scots everyone knows they're like the most evil people in the world right right uh, aren't <laughs> no, they like Jason, the, do not I, do not I, I didn't they start world war one or something like is it you have to jason you gotta understand 90 percent of our base is scottish oh, it's shit. weird and i don't know how it happened but now now we've lost oh, God, all our listeners gonna, no then now they're gonna fucking beat me up man like i'm scared of them i'm yeah. not gonna i'm st- you know you're going to hear the rustle of kilts in the night and you're going to be like, you're going to be like clutching your gun. Going to get my head <laughs> smashed in by a caber out of nowhere. Isn't that what you call them? The giant logs that they throw? It's going to like strategically like sure. fall on my head and like kill me Looney Tunes style. Just splat. The other thing that's off putting about Lex Luthor in this is that he's fucking gigantic. He's like Batman Superman oh, yeah. sized. He's a he's a wall of a man like. The general is drawn to be very large as well. And they're like, it looks like they're in a large man competition. They're all broad shoulders. And, and I do want to say just a quick note about the general. I, I will always love a sort of straight out of uh, Dr. Strangelove uh, general. You know what I mean? Like, oh, one, yeah. One of the, one of the, He's definitely that. Yeah. Crew cut uh, medals on the chest, cigar in the mouth. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Pretty, ready to ready, He looks ready to wage war at this gala. Uh, yeah. Ready to <laughs> wage war from uh, an office, you know? <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They get introduced to each other. Lex Luthor and Bruce Wayne. Lex Luthor shakes Bruce Wayne's hand and kind of crushes it. And, and uh, it's like, oh, a firm handshake there. So Lex Luthor is trying to bid for this contract with Bruce Wayne. Yep. And Bruce Wayne's like surveillance tech, information gathering. That's his angle. And then the general's like, I don't know. I've never won a war with information gathering, which is telling. Yeah. And we won't get into the <laughs> so, or the the political ramifications of that. There's other podcasts but, for that. As well. Yes. Lex Luthor is is like, well, you know, I'm I'm high firepower. You know, I, I built these these uh, these things that we'll see later in the issue. We flip through and uh, Bruce meets a Clark Kent reporter and they shake hands. And, you know, Bruce is starting to notice like that the waiters are acting sketchy. Yeah, because there's a bomb and, on and one Bru- of the tables. And, and, and Bruce uh, quickly establishes that he's he knows Clark from a thing from before. So it's established that they already. Yeah. Know, yeah. Try, trying to clue you in that, like they know who each other is like they're thankfully. You know. This is not a zero issue. <laughs> we don't need a whole origin of their friendship in flashback. We don't need that. Who's the Superman character? <laughs> I've never heard of him. I wonder what his deal is. Bruce is noticing, picking up on clues that like something's amiss here. Superman is hearing with his super hearing 
the tick tick of the bomb. So the general's talking to them about the whole thing. And then they're both there and they're, they both say at the same time, would you excuse me for a second? In the same word balloon, which I thought was fantastic. Bruce goes one way. Superman goes another. And the, the general's kind of like left alone. He's like, what? And then Superman bursts through the floor, like grabbing the bomb. And then Luthor goes perfect. <laughs> and then Superman flies into the upper atmosphere and then chucks the bomb safely away where it explodes in space, harming no one. We get back to the car with the goons and they're like, where's the explosion? Something must have gone wrong. And the guy's like, I knew I set it up right. Like and the other guys in the back, he's like, we got to get the hell out of here. You know, this is another moment I like. So they got four goons in the car and they're like, the guy's like, I follow the instructions to the letter to build the bomb, you know, and the and the driver goon, it's it follows our through line of goons that are just there for you. Supportive. The goon is like, hey, don't be too hard on yourself. There'll be other bombs. At least we got away. <laughs> and he like looks he looks at the front windshield and it's Batman. Batman just kind of like spears himself into the moving car through the windshield, right? Grabs two of the goons as he's shattering through the back windshield. <laughs> so he's got two of the goons out the back. They turn the both the goons, the two remaining goons that are in the car are turned back to look at him as Superman just stops the car, <laughs> like crunches it against himself. Those two guys shoot out the front of the car through the broken windshield and Superman grabs them. Which I thought was a great series of moments. They go, they Batman and Superman start talking. They're like, there was a bomb in there. Superman was like, yeah, I, I handled it. You know, he was like, if you knew about the bomb, like, why weren't why weren't you taking care of it? And he's like, oh, I knew you'd do it. <laughs> he's like, you're Superman. Yeah, right. Yeah, I trust you. Yeah. There's a giant rumbling, uh, a small explosion in a, a tower. They both look at each other and they're like, what was that? And we get into act two. You want us to take us into act two? Yeah. Act two. Sinners in the hands of an angry Zeus. I, I, I love seeing seeing them have fun with the uh, with the act structure. Uh, yeah, it's always so good. Yeah. And the act titles. And we open with a, uh, a, a mad villain calling himself Zeus, who's making demands uh, of, of Gotham mm -hmm. or else, uh, you know, he's going to destroy pretty much all of it by midnight. The supervillain's fancying himself as Zeus and he's making a demand to Gotham. And it starts on this video that the cops are watching <laughs> of the tribute yep. shall consist of 500 head of oxen, 200 vestal virgins, a harp. I, I, yeah. And then and then Gordon turns it off. and He's like, the list goes on and on. <laughs> I, and, and I do appreciate them sticking to the comedy rule of threes. You know, you start with the two that an ancient Greek god, you know, would two yeah. two of a lot. And then third one different a harp just a single yeah, harp. yeah yeah for re listen yeah. it's not for perverted reasons it's just for reasons as one a single heart <laughs> so we we have this mad yeah. mad supervillain making making demands of the city or else you know th where these explosions are going to happen you don't know you know yeah well 
So he caused, he managed to cause an earthquake. That's right. And, That's and we right. don't know how. Yes. He, this is like his, his proof of concept of villainy and then like his list of demands. His, his rough draft and, and, of villainy. Yeah, his rough draft and then his list of demands if you don't want more earthquakes. And uh, the general's like, are we supposed to take that seriously? And he's like, eh, no, the threat, yes, but the but he's completely insane. Oh, yeah. Maxi Zeus doesn't bluff. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sorry, his name is Maxi Zeus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, which is just so, so good. And I, I also, and I love the the opening, man, This the scene setting in this book is just always top notch. And just like, you know, the, the opening mm. uh, panel of the next page is just, Batman listening into this conversation with Superman's feet hovering outside the building because they're both pretty high up on a building, except Batman's yeah. on a ledge and Superman, because he can do it, is just floating there. Standing there yeah. in thin air. Yeah. Yeah. And they yeah. And they kind of go they kind of go over, you know, like, you know, he's like, who's this Maxi Zeus? And like, can he really cause earthquakes? And Batman's like, Yeah, nah. I mean, it was a charge, you know, traced it. It was Wait, did he get to? Yeah, yeah, on on the yeah. Gotham fault line. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's still it's still dangerous. But uh, I, I also love the Batman kind of admitting that he's like feeling a little insecure when he says, "Your perspective." I'm having trouble ignoring the fact that you're defying gravity. You know, yeah, so, yeah. So he's still he's like, all right, I know this guy's gonna help me out, but oh God, he's kind of like a god, right? This is sort of bothering me. To be fair. I when I was a kid and I was reading comics and heroes would fly, I wouldn't think it like for a second that it was like weird yeah. or anything, yeah. you know, but um, I don't know if you've seen. Have you seen the show The Boys? I've read the whole series a few times. I've never watched a show yet. Yet I might, but the, the show it The Boys does such a great job of being like you're at street level these people are basically gods, mm. you know, these super powered people. Yeah. And the show like really points out like how jaw droppingly terrifying it is to just watch a guy take off. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that level of power yeah. is bonkers. And I wouldn't, I, if I was reading this as a kid, I probably wouldn't even give it a second thought. Oh yeah. Superman flies. It's not a big deal. Cause we're like, with Superman in their and Batman in their perspective. But if I were to see it in real life, I'd be like, holy God. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like you ever watch clips of uh, every, every once in a while. If like if if they're on and there's nothing else to watch, I've like watched little bits of those like strongman competitions, you know, like. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it, it is it's kind of like, I guess, like some of the closest like real life comparison you can have, because it's absolutely insane to see these just impossibly large human beings. Like one of the ones I remember watching was like part, part of a competition was they had to throw a full keg. just like, you know, full of like however much a full mm -hmm. keg would weigh. They had to throw a full keg over their back and then over a set, like, you know, mark of like height. Oh man. And like, if you couldn't throw it at least like, you know, eight feet over your head, you're done. You know, and I'm like, that's insane. That's like an insane right, feat right. of strength. And yeah, the power of that just immediately makes you feel like, oh, I have I'm I'm kind of fucked if this person wants me to be because there is yeah, nothing yeah, yeah. I can do yep, right. probably even with a weapon, you know.
<laughs> so yeah, he he kind of you know in Batman's uh, way, kind of nods to this uh, freak alien god of uh, you make right. you, you make me feel a little weird, and he's like, yeah, I have trouble ignoring it too. Hey, let's go. You know, I I like how he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. just totally yada yada. We got we got bombs to find. Yeah. Let's just get Let, out of let's here. Let's not worry about your little existential crisis going on here. All right. Let's, you know, and, and, right. and Batman's good for that. Like, you know, getting getting to work. They fly to an area. Well, with <laughs> I enjoyed this with Batman just kind of conveniently like hanging on to a grappling line, like on the very next page. So you don't know exactly right. like maybe Superman kind of. A little suspension of disbelief because, yeah, yeah, Batman's grappling as quickly as Superman is flying. They both meet up in like a park. Yeah. And they're, you know, it's where the fault line is. And, you know, there's a there's a bunch of shit in the way, kind of, you know, heavy metals and stuff that are messing with Superman's x-ray vision. So he can't see all the way down and he's not sure if like it's actually down there and he doesn't want to tunnel too far down because it is the fault line and cause an earthquake himself. Right. But he does, he does tunnel down uh, a, a certain amount of feet and he's like looking for it or whatever, but he's like, he doesn't end up running, running across it. And he's like tunneling more would be dangerous. Yeah. But I do love like anytime somebody though, anytime an artist gets to do this thing with Superman and I've never, I've never been the hugest Superman fan, but I've read, you know, Com- he's fucking mm-hmm. Superman. Of course, I'm going to, you know, read him, read some of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do love when an artist is just like, holy shit, I get to draw Superman. And so just like, I'm going to draw him doing any ridiculous thing I want because he's Superman and he can do anything. So he's just going right. to fly up there real quick to kind of get a head start and just wham. It's the wham and his feet sticking out just straight into yep, the ground, yep. straight into the ground. And also the expression on his face of like this is so fucking cool. Like as he's doing it and I'm like, right, right. Well, yeah. Come on. If I could fucking do that, like I'd, I, you know, I'd be giggling the whole, whole way. Like, yeah. If you, Jason, if you could do that, the Scots, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to come after you. Yes. But Scots, please <laughs> Scottish people. I'm, you know, I'm very afraid. I'm very cowardly. It's just, you know, we're cool. We're cool. I don't think you're natural villains at all. I swear. <laughs> so Superman. So we go back to yeah. the natural villain of Lex Luthor, Scottish man. <laughs> on yeah, he's he's on the phone and he's thinking that like, oh, this whole situation with this mad super villain that needs to be taken out is. I'm trying to sell the military, you know, my more violent military option. Uh, right. So how about uh, I kind of show him what's going on? So a bunch of trucks, LexCorp trucks, show up. And he wants to show off his, I'm pretty sure I, yeah, uh, LexCorp Hunter Seekers. So I was going to just call them LexBots, but I'm like, oh, wait, it's not like. Yeah, I mean, Hunter Seekers, LexBots, it's it's fine. Yeah. They're like a torso with like noodle arms and then like guns on the, for hands. Yep. And then tank treads. a box for legs yeah. and tank treads. Yeah. Uh, there's four of them there that roll out of this truck. Love it. L- yeah. love the design legitimately love the design the the simplistic it's 50s like, future yeah simplistic know. hokey 50s it looks like it'd be right right at home with like 50s sci-fi yeah yeah total total uh lost in space kind of right kind of kind right. of vibe and so showing off these giant robots people are rightfully uh afraid 
but Lex shows, no, they're, mm-hmm. they're controlled by humans. This is fine. And I don't know, predicting modern drone warfare. <laughs> right. 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 You know, man, so, so many other, <laughs> so many other things I'm thinking in my head is like, no, no, Jason, don't go down that road. That's another podcast that you're not a part of right now. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a lot of that in this issue when they talk about like, militarizing like yeah. essentially drones and then like pulling the humanity out of the murdering you know like getting those things separate like they specifically go out of their way to like talk about that stuff in this issue which is like kind of a little bit unsettling and also specifically because we headed in that direction as a country anyway oh yeah so oh yeah I, yeah uh man Ugh. yeah Ugh. But so, oh, and I also appreciate though, I appreciate uh, all the, just this little detail, love the little details of all the computers that the, uh, the, the LexCorp employees are, are working on. They're all in green mm-hmm. jumpsuits and you can only see the full body of one of them, but it just has, has a little L on the, on the, on the upper left. Yeah. Yeah. A little LexCorp jumpsuit. Yeah. Yeah. With the L I'm like, that's for me. It's a special you thing think- for me. You think Lex Luthor isn't going to put his name on everything? He puts his name on everything. Well, yeah, if I could have a beard and hair like that, I would too. You know, <laughs> that, that'd be the that'd be all the license I need as well. Be like, you see this red hair and beard? This this allows me to put my name on things. It's a it's a Scottish thing you wouldn't <laughs> understand. Just, oh my god. We really have to have a heartfelt apology to the Scottish people after this episode. <laughs> you have to make one of those apologies on Twitter with like the notes app of like. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm going to try to make it better by saying like, no, so I married an axe murderer is my favorite Mike Myers movie. You can't. Oh, no, Jason, <laughs> you're making it worse. <laughs> yeah, I just dig deeper and deeper. <laughs> so like the most ridiculous, like, oh, man. Um, OK, it, it would be it would honest to God, it would be like a funny like uh, hashtag of like, you know, a, 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 a clear, a clear joke. And then like I'm digging deeper by. uh I, Jason, I don't have the wherewithal for all. I that. would like, I would like to travel to Scotland at some point. Please <laughs> don't ruin this for me. The robots make their first appearance. A crowd starts gathering because, of course, there's been a lot of uh, goings on in Gotham. Right, right, right. When they first were talking about Zeus's threat, they were thinking about evacuating the entire city. But yeah. Gordon's like, it's we don't have time to evacuate everybody because mm-hmm. midnight is coming soon. You know, like this wasn't. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't have days. And so that's why Luther brings out the robots to be like, my hunter seekers can take Let care the of it. Let the robots take care of it. Yeah they, yeah, they they can they can take care of it. And so people are start gathering around because they're kind of freaking out. And then we cut to some goons who are holed up and seeing this whole commotion go on. They're just like, well, if they're not going to meet his demands, we got to get back to the bunker, you know? Yeah, this is the, this is the thing. If you're going to create an earthquake with a bomb, you got to keep your goons safe. Yeah. Got to get them in the bunker. Yeah. And I just want to say on on my goon watch, these are good goons. These are fine goons. Yeah. But they're just goons who are just kind of like guys. They don't rise to the level of like Riddler's goons. Right. The the stooge goon, if you will. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Those. Oh, man. Those were excellent goons. Yeah. I I think those were like the the pinnacle of goons so far, you know. Yeah. But Ty Templeton did some good goons in the first couple of first couple of issues as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Some good, 
good goons in this in this book. Not not these guys are all right, but man, some excellent goons in the previous issues. Yeah, and so we do, and we do get a classic. You know, goons are trying to get away. They're like, oh geez, I'm not liking the look at this. We got to get back to the bunker. And as you know, goons are wont to do. They're leaving at just the exact wrong time because as the goon who was looking out on the street through some binoculars just flash of wind across him and they have no idea what the hell was happening in a previous panel you saw a little little, little bit of superman flying through a crowd you know the sure the, the, the going so fast they don't know what that gust of wind was they turn to run to the door and they see superman and like ah and then they run to the yeah yeah to so the they open the door superman's there yeah they turn to the they turn around <laughs> they turn to the window batman's there ah which i really <laughs> yeah. i really appreciated the double <laughs> ay, ay. yeah yeah uh starkings does the ah in like huge font like it's a sound effect yeah and again shared word balloon between the two guys yeah yeah <laughs> it, it, it made it made for a great uh great comic punch that i know they were going for which yeah. uh, i i always enjoyed too of the batman adventures crew keeping it light they know they know what book it mm -hmm. is they, they got to throw some kind of jokes in there <laughs> they confront the goons and they know this is going to be pretty easy uh, these goons don't even really get hurt much past like them i'm sure going to jail sure and, uh, batman 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 kind of like intimidates them and is like yeah is like hey you got a couple guns do you have permits for the guns like if you don't we're gonna put you into the gotham pd which is sure to fall with the quake so you better give us the information we want basically yeah yeah because uh if we don't save you uh you ain't gonna be saved I also like Batman kind of living vicariously through uh, Superman there because he goes, my friend tells me you have guns under those jackets, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like like Batman being like, I wish I had those powers, like make things a lot easier for me. <laughs> yeah, this would be real cool to use. <laughs> we get into act three. The gods must be crazy. Maxi Zeus is ranting and raving. Where are my messengers? Is it possible that the humans have refused my my rightful tribute? Me? One of the goons is there with his Tommy gun. and He's like, looks that way, Max. Uh, Almighty Zeus. I always appreciate the goons of this style of Batman story that are just like, they're just there. They're like, yeah, this is a crazy maniac. Yeah. I guess I'm just they're with like, him. I yeah, I get that this crazy maniac is committed to the bit, but like, I'm just going to wear a suit. This is a like, job. I'm just going to show up to work. Yeah, it's just a job. I'm just punching a clock. Just a job. You know, this, yeah. this is what I went to NYU for. Maxi Zeus is like, I'm going to reduce this place to ash and fire and whatever. And uh, Superman busts in, grabs the scepter out of his hand before the fighting even starts. Oh, yeah. Like, Superman's just like, hey, you know what? I got this. <laughs> <laughs> Zeus is pissed. He's like, you know, sacrilege. How dare you lay my hand, your hands on my divine scepter, which gross. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they start shooting at Superman and Batman who are there. Superman casually shields the bullets from Batman. He's like, don't worry. And if any of the bullets can pass me, I'll just grab them. Yeah, just it's, <laughs> it's it's, like totally ridiculous. Yeah, just this, this yeah. joker over here. So they're having a Batman and Superman are now having a conversation while all the goons are shooting at them. And in, it's so good. Superman is like not even worried. Of course, because he's Superman, yeah. not worried about the bullets. 
and they're just kind of having a casual conversation while he's just getting shot in the back the whole time. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I'll I'll take care of it. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Superman says it contains a transmitter, the only transmitter in the entire compound. And he's like, I'm going to examine it and determine the bomb locations. Batman's going to find the bombs. A few minutes alone with Maxi should give us an idea who's really behind it. And then Superman's like, wait, I hear something. Hunter seekers come crashing in the LexCorp bots, the general and Lex Luthor in like the, the car or whatever, Such remotely controlling this gorgeous hair on, on Lex Luthor's head, man, on, on this version of Lex. I'm, I'm sorry. I just, it's just gorgeous hair. They're like, that's that Zeus character. Robots found him. Isn't Superman there? And he's like, why? Yes, it is Superman. And then. Next panel is just Superman getting blasted by one of the robots. Well, and very, and very discreetly, Lex is uh, reaching over to a big red button that says attack mode. <laughs> yeah. On yeah. it. He's like, oh, yeah, it happens to be Superman attack, 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 attack. I love the stories where Lex Luthor isn't like full supervillain yet, where he's still like, you know, like bit like businessman. And I love those like catty little like, oh, yeah, Superman's here, huh? I'm just going to go yeah. take care of something. It's like, it's like someone, <laughs> right, it's just right. such a bitchy, like, oh, Brenda's here now, huh? Uh, excuse me for a minute. I have to go sharpen my knife. I mean, um, <clears throat> I have to go to the bathroom for a second. You know, it's just very <laughs> thinly veiled. Like, love it. Superman love it. gets blasted into a wall. Batman is concerned for Superman. Superman's like, I'm all right. Get the scepter. <laughs> Maxi Zeus is like, quickly, my subjects, retrieve my most holy rod of um divine. And he's like, oh, just just get it. <laughs> I do. I, I do love it when he which, drop, drops the act for a second. Yeah, he's like, just can we just get a handle on this? <laughs> Batman's fighting goons off from the scepter. Superman flies away. Superman needing something to do because he would just mop up Maxi Zeus. No problem. Starts fighting the robots. The generals like this is kind of unacceptable why are you fighting superman and they're they kind of like you know go back and forth a little bit superman starts ripping arms off the robots like he's just like running rough shot through them. well and lex has a little line though where he's like you know where he's a- answers the general which i just like thought was like kind of funny because like oh maybe because he's uh an alien and not a human that's why my robots right. are you know, because this, yeah. you know, again, it's just that like barely contained like hatred that he has for just like right, maybe right, this alien right. son of a bitch. You know, not only that, but there's also like a good line where the general is like, still, that's mighty impressive firepower. Plasma beams, you say? And then like Luthor corrects him and is like concentrated plasma beams, general. And it's like, not only is he. Thinly veiled hatred of Superman in these two in just two panels. Thinly veiled hatred of Superman and also has to be the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, it's like it's like the the, the best line of that movie's social network is when Mark Zuckerberg's girlfriend is like, you're going to go through life thinking people hate you because you're smart. It's like, I want to tell you it's not. They're going to hate you because you're an asshole. Yeah, and it's like that. That, yeah. that kind of like it's like no matter how successful Lex Luthor is, he's the owns this giant corporation and like so powerful yeah. and still has to be a pedantic, just dick. 
because it's just he can never not be <laughs> can't let, that. Can't let it go. You can't, can't let it go. You know, it's like you know, certain politicians when you're like, why are they still tweeting? It's like because they're a poster. OK, they must post. Their brain is sick. Right, they right. know no other way. <laughs> so we turn the page and we get what would be a splash page in any other book. But this one has two heroes in it. So we get a half splash of Superman busting through robots, Batman busting through goons. We turn the page again and Maxi Zeus is like, oh, it's all falling apart. What's a supreme deity to do? He's like, I need to conjure up my strength, you know, and he's like, yes, yes. I faced this was right. I can feel it working. I can feel the ground buckling under my feet. I don't feel the ground at all. And he's being lifted by Superman. Yeah, by the, and he's by like, the scruff and of his toga. Yeah, yeah. Batman's like, tell us more about this Hephaestus. We turn the page. The general's like, technically at this point, you sold us, Mr. Luther. We'll see you tomorrow. So the, the general wants the robots, the hunter seekers. And we have a Batman's arm reaching to pull Lex Luthor into the alley. And he's like, I got a few questions for you, Luther. Or should I call you Hephaestus? Uh, 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 he's like, Hephaestus. whatever you Hephaestus. like, Batman. That was Hephaestus. 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 And he's he's... Batman's basically like, I know you're clever, but you were like, you had ditched this other two way communicator off the bomb. We tracked it to you basically like what well, we know that you're you're part of this. Oh, yeah. Did I even and- mention? I don't think. I, oh, shit. I'm sorry. I don't even think I mentioned that in act two. It was mentioned that the like that uh, Maxi Zeus even got all of this shit from his master, you know, like g- yes. gave him the tools yes. to. To, uh, yeah, Luther was pulling the strings the whole time. Yeah. This is very much a Superman book that like Batman is kind of guesting in. Yeah, yeah, it's taking place in Gotham. It's like, yeah, it's like uh, uh, Metropolis is visiting Gotham, essentially. So Batman's like, look, we, we can lock you away, maybe, but, you know, it's going to be a pain in the butt for you. It's going to be a pain in the butt for us. And he's like, what do you want? Let's make a deal. Because he's like Luther. He's like, all right, let's make a deal. He's like, Pull out of the contract and uh, you can walk free. And he's like, done. He's like, but know this. You were just an interloper in this in this scheme. And next time you'll be a target. So like Lex is beaten, but he's pissed. Yeah. And then at that moment, the uh, mayor of Gotham comes around the corner. and He's like, oh, there you are, Lex. I was just oh. And it's Lex Luthor and Batman in this alley chatting. He's like, hello, Mayor. I was just taking the opportunity to thank Batman for the remarkable work he's done this evening. He's like, why? Thank you, Lex. They go to shake hands again. And Batman crushes his hand in a vice grip. And he's like, and please come back to Gotham soon. I'll be waiting. So we get the final page. Batman, Superman wrapping everything up. Batman or Superman's like, why'd you insist on talking to him alone? Batman's like, our methods are different. Superman, I rely on deduction, evasion, and sometimes deception. And like, I'm better at that stuff than you are for, for, you know, for all of Superman's power. He is not able to like work a deceptive conversation with Lex Luthor as easily as Batman is, which I thought was like a nice little detail. Yeah. Yeah. It ends with them parting amicably and and being friends and superman flies off and he's like he's superman's like i i deal with people like lex luther all the time oh batman bruce wayne decides to also pull his contract so that there's not a conflict of interest or anything like that between the batman and bruce wayne basically and and 
the whole thing and the general and everything. They just want to like wipe the slate clean. And, and yeah. you know, Batman's like, yeah, sure. No problem. And yeah, the good guys Superman's are still like, the good Thanks. guys. Yeah. Yeah. The good guys are still the good guys. Superman's like, thanks. I deal with people like Luther all the time. It's easy to forget who your friends really are. And it just solidifies their friendship and ends there. Yeah. What did you think of this issue? It's a lovely issue. I, I, I really liked it. It was cr- crossover issues can be hard sometimes, especially as as you mentioned up top. This is not the Superman we ended up getting from the animated series, you know, because obviously the, right. te- the team wasn't sure exactly what Superman was supposed to be there. But mm-hmm. I, I, I did enjoy how they just went straight in with it. It's like they already know each other. We don't want to write mm-hmm. an introduction between Clark and Bruce. That's like whatever, you know, it's Batman, Superman in, in, in terms of Batman adventures. I thought it was kind of like in the A minus territory. It was still really good, really a lot of fun. But yeah, it, but it I wasn't their like, uh, wasn't their home runs, but like it's just still really good. I wanted to get a beat on this with you. We've been reading a lot of Batman adventures and a lot of it's been been pretty great. However, I feel like lately I've been like, yeah, it was OK. Yeah, it was OK. Yeah, it was OK. And I was like trying to scroll back and find the last issue that I really, really loved. This is issue 25. Like the previous issue with the ninjas was fine. It was fine. I really like that one. 23 was Poison Ivy. And I was like, that one was all right. The two face one I thought was was pretty good. I feel like that one was a high watermark. That was 22. 21 was the man bat and tigress issue with Catwoman. 20 was uh, the Mr. Nice issue, which was, I thought was a banger. Yeah, that one was a banger. Love that. Yeah, that's a big. And the yeah. issue before that scarecrow. Yep. Was with with the device and he's in people's brains. He's running around like a child scaring people. <laughs> yeah, like that was great. so like 19 and 20. Really, really great. And I feel like ever since then, it's been like. It's been good, not great. It's been like 21, 22, 23, 24, 25 have just been all right, not great. And I wonder. I wonder, like, if editorials seeing numbers reflect this, because I know that this only goes up to 36 before we move on to like a reboot of batman adventures into gotham adventures batman and robin adventures i'm not sure it it reboots into another book yeah and i wonder if we're starting to get to that point where we're like the creative team is a little long in the tooth maybe running on a little empty tank i don't know i don't know Uh, you know I'll, I'll, i'll put it like this the analogy that i have is like so yesterday uh actually um because I hadn't seen this one before, but I love the actor Michelle Yeoh, and uh, I love the um, uh, I love the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once. It's a it's one of my yeah. now favorite movies, of, literally of all time. It, it means so so much it's to a me. Beautiful film for for various yeah. reasons. I could go on forever about it. But uh, y- y- last night I watched this uh, Michelle Yeoh movie, uh, which they actually use in Everything Everywhere All at Once when she's uh, in in the universe where she's essentially her character is her you know, in real life. Mm-hmm. And they show clips from Kung Fu movies. And there's this great old Hong Kong movie produced by Sammo Hung. That's how Michelle Yeoh got her start. You know, Samuel Young and Jackie Chan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there was this um, movie from 1985 called Yes, Madam. 
you know, and it's yeah. just, and it's so much fun. And it's so, and so what it got me thinking of those, like those old Jackie Chan and Sammo Hung movies and those, those old, those Hong Kong action flicks that I fucking loved and still love and love going back to watching. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're not all like great. Not every Jackie Chan no. movie is like a top tier. Like there are some Jackie Chan movies, like the Hong Kong ones that are like way, way up there of like, this is some of, this is just some high tier. And then there's some of them that are like, they're still good. They're still fun. You know, it's still a lot of fun, but like, it's right. not, but it's like, Hey, yeah, it doesn't have that same flash, that same passion. Yeah. And that's the kind of feel like, like, yes, madam was really, really good. And I, and again, it was so, it was so kooky. And there was, <laughs> there was a, a big bad that like, it just really wonderfully kind of, um, glued on mustache and eyebrows with a army oh, with a green jacket that just said u.s army and his name was mad dog <laughs> he was just mad dog and you nice. just knew he was supposed nice. to be dangerous like that's it that's it and, right, and right. it was great it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun so like yeah while i kind of agree i think the past few issues maybe nearing the end of this run there was just kind of like whatever spark or magic that was there for a honest to me a legendary run of like holy shit this is I I felt like every episode yeah. we were like this issue blew me away, you know, right? And it's hard. Right. It's hard, really. It's you. It's you're only going to sustain that for so long, you know. Right. Yeah. Totally. Like a, totally. Like like eventually the Yukon women are going to lose a game in basketball. You know what I mean? Like eventually <laughs> it has to happen. Yeah. We. I remember when I was working on uh, Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye with uh, Oming. We wanted to like try out a lot of stuff and we did we did 12 issues and then we did an additional six and so like the 12 was like part of like one arc and then we did another six and I, when we went into the sixth uh the second arc there those back six issues i remember mike being like okay well what do you want to do and i was like i i don't know i don't know what we can do that we haven't already like we've done the thing already like i don't know how to add to the thing you know what I mean? Yeah. So I felt like a lot of that, especially early in that, those like six issues, we were kind of just like going through the motions just a little bit. Like we were still trying to make like good work, but it was it was like, OK, how do we make this new and engaging again? And that that's really hard to do. Oh, to like yeah, completely to to add that to keep that level of engagement high and and uh interesting and like to create variations of it so that you're always engaging is like just really really hard yeah well and, and it was just it was just something i i noticed from like you know the last like couple of issues i'm like oh they're hitting that like we've done 25 of these now and yeah. You know. Well, and also you're kind of hemmed in by uh, by the rules that sometime help you, which are, you know, our Batman and Batman Adventures is a much more classic kind of not quite golden era age of comics, Batman, more like silver age, I guess, instead of golden age. Right. But like and also not strictly, but still like, you know, and that helps sometimes because you're like, oh, right. OK, you know, uh, a fence around your imagination can be helpful when you're trying to meet a deadline. <laughs> Sure. But then also like, yeah, I think maybe they're running up against the like, oh, I think there's only so much juice left in this fruit at this point in this particular iteration of it. 
Right. You know, and, and why, and that's still, it's still really good though. I think is like, you know, back to my, my, my other analogy, it's like, it's still a lot of fun. It's still something that like, yeah, I wonder if, so issue 26 is, uh, has a cover of that says Batman and then it has family scrawled across it and it's a Batgirl, uh, Robin issue. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder, I wonder if Kelly Puckett is feeling that if he's like, cause it's, we we have a Superman crossover and then we have an issue without Batman. It's Batgirl and Robin. And I wonder if Kelly Puckett's like thinking about how to like inject a little bit of extra life into this series and like is kind of like trying things out to try to find like if there's something that works well. I'm sure that that was probably at least from the uh, creator's perspective, like probably the impetus behind like nightfall and like that whole thing, you know, it's just like, you know, he, he was what Batman was going to be 60 or 70 at that point. Right. Yeah. So like yeah. they were, you know, I'm sure there were people like, well, we have to try something new. I feel like we're not doing anything new or different or, you know, it's like, Oh, well, sure. what if Batman lost, you know? And they're like, Oh, right. Yeah. He, what does that look like? Yeah. What does it look like? And probably same thing with like the death of Superman. They're like, okay, Superman's so ridiculously overpowered now. What if we actually kill him? Like, you know, what happens? Right. And like, I, I think like for as much criticism as like I can give the death of Superman from a story standpoint and same thing that I can give all the nightfall night quest thing from like a story standpoint, I do have to like mm-hmm. give it up to the, the creators and editorial and everybody for just trying it, you know? Man, yeah, I love a big swing, man. Oh, yeah. I love a big swing. Yeah, because... And, like, DC was definitely swinging in the 90s. They were like, hey, what if what if Hal Jordan erased time? Hey, what if we broke Batman? Hey, what if we murdered Superman? Yeah. And it's just like, oh, my... Yeah. Guys, settle down. Hey, guys. Settle down. Hey, guys, you know how Hal Jordan went crazy? Well, here's this new young Green Lantern that's all, like, you know, he's he's really, like snappy and has a lot of great comebacks and like oh we chopped up his mm. girlfriend and shoved her in a fridge it's like <laughs> Jesus. you know well i didn't <laughs> even you saying it i knew where you were going <laughs> and even you saying it like blindsided me again yeah you know but but to be yeah to to be completely fair to them though like you know hell it's like when um uh i i remember reading a review once of a uh of of the, an album by the band the dillinger escape plan and uh, part of the part of the critique of the review is that like someone, you know, the reviewer was like, I appreciate that they're trying these like different things that aren't the crazy math rock, you know, insanity, like insane riffs that they do. Yeah. But they were like, but also at the same time, like you're really good at doing the crazy riffs, man. Like, I appreciate yeah, that's that kind of what what I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like I appreciate that you're trying new things and I love to see it and it didn't quite work out for me, but. And I'm very sympathetic towards it, too, because it's like, yeah, even if I'm like a great chef and really good at making like, you know, three or four or five dishes, if if I do that for years and years and years, even if it's perfect and people oh, are like, yeah. oh, but the way you make this is just like the best. It's like you're standing there going you're like, like, I'm sick of making it. Yeah. You're I'm like reinventing. Yeah. You're like, I, yeah, yeah. I know it's the best, but I already know how to do it. I, and it's like, right, let's, some, right. let somebody else try to make this dish now. I'm, you know, maybe, maybe they're getting to that point and you know, yeah, that's maybe, maybe it's still a lot of fun though. I, we'll see. I, I, we'll see with the next, uh, with the next couple issues. Yeah. Uh, I, I know that we have a, a bat family issue, which I'm like kind of stoked on for, yep. for the next one. And then the, the next couple covers promise Batman 
over the body of a dead Batman. So I'm like, I'm kind of interested in that. And then another one's a, a, a Harley Quinn issue after that. So I, you know, we'll see that they're bringing out some big guns, uh, some stuff that I usually like. So yeah, the, yeah. those two, some of my favorite Batman stories are like, you brought up like the Bat family and like Harley Quinn is I love it when he has character. Yeah. I love it when Batman has characters around him that uh, just kind of poke him and kind of go like, Oh, stop being so grumpy. Right. Stop being so grumpy. Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Like even Harley Quinn as a villain is like, ah, come on, lighten up, lighten up. And he's just <laughs> and he's just annoyed. You know, he's just like you start yeah, you start yeah. seeing like, you know, Batman being like, should maybe rethink my no killing policy. These fucking people, <laughs> you know, it's like that's like the only time he starts really thinking about his one rule because they're just annoying him. <laughs> Jason, we're treated Nick. to a little extra special something in the back of Batman Adventures issue 25, a special Batman Adventures pinup section. They promised us. What did they promise us in the beginning? I forgot what they promised on the cover now. All star pinup gallery is what they promised, Jason. Yeah. They're and they're leading, I think, with their best foot forward. You, Which I you think would agree or disagree with me. Alex Toth did a did a full page splash. If if I if I disagreed with you, you should fire me from the show. <laughs> that you know, <laughs> it's it's Alex Toth, man. I mean, sure, it's not his oh, most iconic man. Batman. It's freaking Alex Toth, like, but it's still just, it's still smart. It's still interesting. I think Rick Taylor went a little overboard. He did this like off register blue line thing i would have i not to not to dunk on rick taylor he's an excellent colorist yeah however i think all alex toth work looks best in black and white yeah or very very minimal like colors very very minimal so it's it's batman on a ledge cape sprawled out head in the moonlight it's very very typical alex toth did uh, a lot of patterns in the back for the buildings in the back at night that i thought were like really really interesting not your typical like uh crossword type of buildings that are in the back there yeah just had fun with it i was like oh this is alex just like having a good time have you heard that story by the way of like alex toth and uh jack kirby meeting each other and like talking shop no that sounds amazing so i i don't know who whose quote this is either alex uh, uh, Alex Toths or um, Jack Kirby, but I heard this anecdote that like they were getting together and then Jack Kirby was like, this is how I work. And he described to Alex Toth like how he builds a page, like showed him how he did it. And Alex was like, and I didn't understand any of it. And then he was <laughs> like, this is how I work. And he showed Jack Kirby how he goes about like thinking about shapes and line and shadows and, and how he builds a page. And, uh, Kirby was like, and I didn't understand any of it. <laughs> it's just like two diametrically opposed ways to like build a piece of art. Yeah. Some of these people, it reminds me of uh, in the um, the autobiography of, um, I'm completely blanking on his name right now, but he was a, a, a seminal uh, a manga artist. Yeah. Let me get, do you mind if I run to my bookcase? Well, one of my just, other bookcases. Go for it. Go for it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that that was a waste of time. Regardless, it was just <laughs> you don't you don't have the book. 
I'm I'm certain I do. I just don't want to like spend this much more time looking for it. But it, it okay. was it was a story. It was a story about you know a younger uh, you know a comic book artist in Japan meeting Osamu Tezuka like his hero, and mm-hmm. um, Osamu Tezuka start showing him how he draws like an Astro Boy page, and he was essentially just like yeah, he just starts in the middle of a blank page and drew a circle. <laughs> he didn't, and then suddenly there's Astro Boy, and then the and he was just like. Nothing. No, he's like a professional. Doesn't really draw. <laughs> like, what do you do? It's it's that thing where you get like so many hours into the page. You got so many pages under your belt, so many drawings under your belt. You're just like, I know what I'm doing. And you just like yeah. start. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You just tr- you just trust your limbs. You trust your that's, your hand to. Yeah, that's that's master craft at work for sure. Oh yeah, amazing. Our, our second pinup is Dave Gibbons. Uh, it's it's Batman and Superman, kind of a classic pose with a little yin and yang sign behind them. Yeah, in the very uh, even even for Dave Gibbons, it's it's in a much different. He, he's doing it in a throwback kind of Silver Age style. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he's also trying to like soften a little bit for uh, uh, the animated series. I think that's what, yeah. what's happening here. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The Alex Toth thing said "Bravo to TV's Batman Band" uh, on it. Which I, I think that they're like consciously celebrating not only Batman Adventures, but the Batman television show with these. Yeah. Well, because and Toth famously like, you know, designing right. Space Ghost and working in right. animation for a, a while yeah. as well. Yeah. That is followed by an amazing Kelly Jones piece of oh. like Batman bursting out of a cake that is made to celebrate Batman's death. The Joker is there, Riddler's there, Penguin's there, and Batman's bursting out of the cake to be like, I'm not dead, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get just a single one-shot issue of Kelly Jones drawing Batman, but in Kelly Jones's version of the animated? Yeah. So like, like in he, like this version, like I love- Normally it. Kelly Jones, extremely gothic, a lot of ink, and and that's, that's in here a little bit, but it's like yeah. cartooned down. Yeah, and both of us, Kelly it's Jones so is strong. a- and Kelly Jones is also a, a mutual favorite of ours. Yeah, for sure. When that Dead for Man sure. collection came out years ago, I don't, I don't know how. I, I know Nick was like the only person who was excited as I was. Anyway, <laughs> and I was like, like as soon as I saw, it, I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to buy this before somebody yeah. else does. And I'm just like, that, that Dead oh. Man collection, man. Not only did it make me love Dead Man, but like the oh, yeah, first story, great. the first story is like very hokey of the time comics. And then you get into the second story and it's like, oh, Kelly Jones just stretched out his his legs and, and now he knows what he's doing. And it's like, it's this weird goth circus. Like, it just, oh man, it's so good. I can't recommend yeah. Kelly Jones Dead Man enough. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. The next piece is by Kevin Nolan. It's Croc lifting Batman above his head in the sewers. Uh, it's very graphic. And and also really cartoony for Kevin Nolan. Uh, a lot of the Croc um, character designs taken from the show looks rad. Very minimal color on it. Yeah, can't say enough good things, man. Such yeah. a fan, such a fan. And then Mark Torello, who's normally, as far as I know, a colorist. I don't Ooh. know how much art Mark Torello has actually done that's like out there in the wild, but it's Batman chained to a cage basically he's behind bars and he's got like his entire rogues gallery behind him riddler 
Joker, Harley Quinn, uh, you know, Clayface, uh, Croc, Freeze, Penguin, and Two Face, a real celebration of like what Batman Adventures was, just like killer. And also, yeah. again, minimal color. Yeah. I I don't know if you uh Mark Torello is kind of credited with, in my mind at least, I don't know if this is real life, but it, <laughs> in my in my uh uh headcanon. Mark Torello is is credited with pushing the coloring medium forward beyond like the typical 80s, 90s, 70s or, you know, 70s, 80s kind of stuff, local color kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Pushing it beyond that into more artistic kind of things. Yeah, I can kind of, you know, you can kind of tell with the piece because it is it is very, uh, you know, with, with Batman in the like white Batman way up front and then the, the green to yellow. You know, the yeah. step, like there's there's this very nice, like clear demarcated step back, you know, right. kind of as you're as you're like it, it gives this like nice little kind of sense of like weirdly like a sense of depth and an otherwise in a piece that's otherwise supposed to be sort of flat ish. Right. You know, right. yeah, you can see him doing some real good work in there. Yeah. And then uh, we have a, a classic Mike Mignola. I I laughed I honestly I laughed when when I flipped to Mignola's because like while I did notice that everyone was doing their like you know it's like oh I'm going to do like you know my sort of Batman animated series my own style and then Mignola's yeah. like I'm just doing what I do. <laughs> yeah, he's like I I really I really can't not do this guys like I'm going to I'll 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 do it a little bit but it's you're you're going to get me. There's I, yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's Batman yeah half frozen in like a uh like snow pile with freeze standing over him and snowing and sparkling oh yeah no yeah just i mean you know mignola is just mignola is like he's one of those people that every single time he does something i know exactly what it's gonna look like before i before i click the the image you know what i mean like yeah. before i before i turn the page i know exactly what i'm getting but like every time I'm always like, man, it's really good. <laughs> it's always like expected and also very good and I'm happy. So it, it, it's a weird vibe to occupy. I'll always remember this quote from an interview in the 90s that uh, Frank Miller gave when like he was still doing, you know, Sin City when, when mm -hmm. those were still like coming out on like regular basis. And uh, I forgot why, but he brought up like or someone brought up Mignola and he's like, oh, yeah, me and him are competing to see like who can just like have a page that's just like all black. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like who can use the most black on it? You, sure, he's sure. like, it's like an arms race of who's going to because like their pages at that time, especially were getting like increasingly like heavier and heavier. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah, with, yeah, with, yeah. With ink. And, that's right. But yeah. Mignola is just. Yeah. It, you know, he, he did the Mr. Freeze and the, you know. Sure, sure. And yeah, it's style. it's the animated costume for Mr. Freeze, so it works. It works. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. next one is Matt Wagner. It is Batman with uh, pinned against the wall of Funhouse mirrors, and he sees Two Face in the Funhouse mirrors, and Two Face seemingly rotates behind him from a like normal looking face in profile to the to the. Uh, scarred two face in profile yeah with a coin flipping in the mirror uh and the gun pointed at batman in the middle it's like such a <sighs> it's such a like simple idea and it works so well 
Yeah, I gotta read. I gotta read Mage, man. I gotta yeah. read Mage. It's like I don't know how many thumbnails Matt Wagner did before he arrived at this one. If he just did it immediately out the gate, but like it's such a, especially for Two Face, it's such a beautiful idea of like Two Face in the in the funhouse mirrors, and it's executed yeah. perfectly. It's like it's, such a cool it's one of those things thing. that's like, you know, it's simple, but like you can tell that they arrived there after, you know, and the insane amount of practice yeah. that Matt Wagner well, has under his belt. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, he, he snuck a comic book into a pinup. Yeah. Right. You know, exactly. He, 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 exactly. He snuck a comic into this, into this, you know? Yeah. It's, I also didn't realize until looking at it again that like, I, I kind of forgot like how much Matt, Matt Wagner's own natural style kind of lends to the animation. Yeah, like he, yeah. he didn't have to like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, that's right. It's kind of more, you know, you know, just that that nice kind of uh in my mind the way I always describe like someone who's doing character design for uh an animated show versus someone who do character design for uh let, let's say a video game or even a comic, you know, in a comic book or even a video game is that like there there seems to be this um uh this elasticity, sure. you know, to, yeah. to the character and sometimes a lot of comic book artists just that's not the way they approach a thing that's not the style that they're drawing in and that's you know and that's fine but mm -hmm. i i always think that's such a hard thing to capture uh especially in a still image and Absolutely. matt wagner definitely like in in just like thinking about it for half a second it's like oh yeah i think like those were a lot of his like artistic chops were being able to have characters just just standing there but they still look fluid and still look like yeah, you know, they're going to have this like a uh, 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 motion to it, this blood running under them, you know, man, we should read some mage. Fuck. Yeah, we should read some mage. <laughs> uh. Uh, and the final one is uh, Chuck Dixon, the writer, drew a, drew a pinup, I think, with um, Rick on uh, inks. It's uh, Joker and uh, Riddler kind of like congratulating each other on finally catching Batman. They got him tied to a battleship cannon behind them. <laughs> but Joker's slipping some dynamite into Riddler's pocket. Riddler's about to stab him in the back with a cartoonish knife. And then Robin's helping Batman out of the, and, out of the trap. And it's important that dynamite is misspelled as well. Is it really? really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I really, it's, I really enjoy. It, is, do you think that's a nod to Paul Dini? It's Dini might. Oh, maybe, maybe it might be. It might be. Yeah, I Chuck got it. Dixon, like nodding at at Paul Dini. I think. Yeah, that that could be. I, yeah, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, and I do. I I will give Chuck Dixon credit for, you know, like takes a lot of guts lot of, for a writer to put a pet up next to Alex Toth. <laughs> yeah, and and especially a writer who wasn't like it's not even like a like a Bendis situation where it's like okay, I used to draw. Like I have right. some. Right. I have some background in this i might have right. to knock off the dust but like i don't know what chuck dixon's background in, sure. in drawing sure. you know yeah, yeah. You know, like oh, oh always always big ups to you know it's like you never always clap for someone when they sing karaoke well kind of when they sing anything but when they sing karaoke because it takes guts to get up there anyway mm -hmm. you know but, but it's, it's it it is well done it is well done and you know fun. you got a favorite in there I think, you know, 
I would say Alex Toth because it's Alex Toth or Kelly Jones because you know how much we love Kelly Jones, but I think mm -hmm. it's going to have to be Matt Wagner. It, it's just the most, it's the most clever, the execution. The Matt Wagner one's the, very, very good. I, I got to go with Kelly Jones. I got to be true to my heart. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think those two are especially, especially great. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, and the Kelly Jones one has a, uh, because you're right, because his style always lends more to to the goth side. And while the and the Batman covers he does from this era are amazing, they're some of yeah. my favorite to me most seeing, iconic Batman covers. Seeing him um, dial it back is like yes, kind of really interesting. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. It's like oh, okay. It's like it, it's like seeing uh, uh, Robert De Niro play a uh, a comedic role or something. Right, you know, exactly. You're like, you're like, this can be. This sometimes well, is let's good. Check this out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, you don't always have to be super serious guy. You can for anyone yeah. who wants to see uh, our favorite pinups, Matt Wagner's or Kelly Jones, uh, you can fire up the DC app and check out this issue, or we'll probably put them up on the Twitter. Probably, yeah. Right, Jason, you run the Twitter. You, you yeah, and you manage this. <laughs> we'll 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 see. We'll see. We'll see. No, we'll see what, check the Twitter for updates. <laughs> <laughs> what you guys can't see at home is that uh, Nick somehow has uh, transported himself through sheer rage from North Carolina <laughs> to New London, Connecticut, has pointed a gun to my head and made sure. Jason, He's just like, listen, look, I'm editing this thing. Please just put, please just post on the Twitter. Please. <laughs> I think I will. I will. Jason, would you like to check out the letters column? Yes, let's. So I sent you the letters column. Uh, did you get a chance to read it? I did, actually. Yes, I did. Uh, on a somber note, the letters column opens with a letter from uh, Scott Peterson about an editor who had passed away from AIDS in 1994. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to read. Uh, it's a long letter. I'm going to read a little bit. He has uh, he talks about this this man, uh, Neil Ponser, who died June 21st of AIDS. And he talks about, you know, Neil's impact on the work, but he shares an anecdote. And I kind of wanted to read the anecdote. Yeah. Neil and I had a disagreement over a poster we were doing. He thought the piece of art I wanted to use was weak and he didn't hesitate to say so. Neil never had held back his opinion on anything. Now, normally it was one of Neil's jobs to fight with other departments for what I, as, as the editor, wanted. I knew for a fact he was pretty much always won those arguments. In fact, I never, ever heard him lose a battle. So we went around and went around and around on this poster. Finally, after about an hour, he stood up and said, OK, I sat there stunned. What do you mean? OK, just that. OK, you win. I was nervous. This was impossible. I couldn't have won. Well, maybe it should. I began. He said, no, he cut me off. You're the editor. That's what you want. That's what you're going to get. And I may not agree with your decision, but I respect it and I'll fight for it. And it felt strange for about a week after I had won the fight with Neil Ponser, something I believed impossible. And as it turned out, it was possible. The poster came out. It was just as I wanted. Dot, dot, dot. And it was terrible. Absolutely every argument he put forth had borne out. I couldn't stand to look at it. Neil had won again. Not because of it. I'll try harder next time. And next time I'll come with uh, that much closer to getting it right. Thank you, Neil. I promise you'll never be forgotten. 
And I thought that was a nice tribute. It it was. Um, it was really sweet. It I just also also a really great like ode to an editor's eye because uh I personally have had a lot of editors who are like I've worked on a lot of books over the past 20 years and I've had some editors where I turn stuff in and they're like, yep, great. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even know if you looked at it. I have no idea. And then I have some editors that like really get in the weeds, really take their time, really look at it. And it sounded like Neil Ponzer was definitely one of those people where they were like, I am going to give you my absolute thoughts. And, and you know, my not only that, but comes from a place of knowledge and care yeah, he, for the craft. Yeah, here's all the detail of why I think the way I do. So right you so you at least know it's not just like yeah i don't like it it's like it you know yeah it sounds, yeah. sounds like that and, and yeah those editors are absolutely invaluable it, like they're just like one in a million i don't know yeah they're they're great people in the industry and they keep this industry looking good basically oh yeah well it made me think of uh i, I think i've brought it up on the podcast before but it made me think of this wonderful uh documentary uh, this video, you call it a video essay, whatever, by the uh, YouTube channel Defunct Land, which has a lot of great ones. Um, yeah. And it's it, it was about uh, the theme for Disney Channel interstitials from the Disney Channel from when I think it was like early 2000s. So like out of our age group. But like essentially he tracks sure. down the person who wrote this like this theme that like people like it became a huge thing for a, a right. generation of people. And you know, no one knew his name and like, and he, he gets into thinking like, is anyone going to know my name of like, why I'm doing this, like what I'm called. And like, it just makes me think of all, all the work and all the people in the film industry, they say below the line that are just vital. It's like, Oh man, you know, dude, like, so we, it's, it's (sighs) just so, so somebody posted, somebody posted in my discord, a Reddit post that had gone around that was like hey you're you're in charge of dc comics editorial what's this what's your editor-in-chief what do you change and this person was like here's what i changed it's like bullet points down the thing and i'm like and obviously it's a fan and like i don't want to harp on this fan too much because you know there's a lot we don't know what we don't know yeah and he's not in the industry like i you know and Lord knows I've been wrong on the internet before that's happened. I'm not like, yeah. you know, I, I'm not shouting this person down, but like half of the things that he had like put on there, he either like didn't understand how the process of like editorial works. And so he was like putting it blame in like weird places in editorial. And then the other half of the stuff that he was asking for was like, stuff that dc was already actively doing like like i could point to examples of like well you know here here it is like this is happening already yeah it's just you're not necessarily seeing it because you're focused on this other stuff and the thing that i i got kind of like fired up in my discord about it and normally someone's wrong on the internet it's like whatever i don't care but this stuff really rubbed me the wrong way because like editorial is so key to like putting books together and they are unsung heroes and they're they're like their job is to be unsung. Like their job is to shepherd like a successful book into reality 
and let the writer, artist, colorist team, like wh- whoever's working on the book, like take all the glory, you know, even though they're like, you know, giving notes the entire way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and like to see like people that I know working really hard behind the scenes, like I know a lot of these people personally and it's like this person's just like, well, what I when I would get in there, I'd start changing things. And I'm like, this person is like, not only do you not know, but you're like besmirching these people who I know personally who are working real fucking hard for very little glory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I saw I saw this uh, like I saw this clip from uh, a cameraman of, of which there are. I'm not sure how many, but many at a uh, at an NBA game. I mean, any live sporting event, you know, but it was a clip of like. Yeah. I, I knew that I know these people have skill and I know it's a skill, but holy shit, it was amazing watching what this person actually does and the kind of setup that it is. And there's like a lever and there's a screen that's constantly flipping and he's just moving it back and forth and zooming and getting these like, you know, perfect shots that you see on TV. It's like, yeah, that you right. wouldn't be able to enjoy this. And also the basketball players would not be making this amount of money and look this good if it wasn't entertaining and it's not, it's not going to be entertaining if it's not shot. Well, no one's going to give a shit unless you're like live there, you know? And so I, I, I I think about those kinds of people a lot. I think a lot of times just my background of like working in manufacturing for as long as I did, it's like, yeah, there's all these like discrete little things that people do that are so important for just the functioning of everything. And I, I get, you can't like, you know, spotlight's going to be the spotlight, but I just, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I very much appreciate uh, the, the letter. I think it was a really touching tribute. And I think that anytime someone can shout someone else, someone out who is unsung, who's in a role like that, like editorial, like you said that like, but like colorists and letterers, like I, th- I think we try to do a good Absolutely. job on this podcast of making sure that they're all there because they're, they're all like important. Like you can, you can, right. you can argue value up and down, you know, which is fine, but like, it's still like, it's still really important to, to have like these, these pieces there and these people doing these jobs. It's like, you know, sure. The person uh, making food for a championship sports team isn't, like the reason why they want it and if the athletes work so much harder, but like an athlete not having to worry about ma- making and shopping for free right. certainly helps a lot, you know? Right. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, exactly. So, so like, I, I think, I think it was a beautiful tribute. I, I yeah, it, it was just, it was just really nice. I, I, I love seeing it and it was just right. really, really touching and just, yeah, man, if, if anyone can take anything away from listening to this, sh- just show, I really hope they take away like, every once in a while, just like maybe kind of try to look into like, Hey, like who, who was the editor on this book that I liked, you know, who was the, mm-hmm. you know, who was the letterer or who was, you know, who, who colored mm-hmm. it or, you know, just, just any, any of those little things here maybe, and there. Maybe I'll like some of their other stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like maybe see, like maybe if you've, if you've never paid attention to what, like, like whatever your favorite, like Superman story is, if you've never paid attention to who the colorist is, go back to it. Mm-hmm. Look, look up who it is. See if you can find their work. See if you can find an interview with them even, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I've got another letter here. I'm going to read it real quick. Dear Scott, I've got one thing to say to you. Please, 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 please. I'm begging if you haven't noticed. At least consider having Man Bat, Tigress, and Werewolf 
yeah, you remembered Batman Adventures 21 miniseries. I'm asking this because I read 21 and I really enjoyed it. The combination of the three mutant animals was a really good idea. And of course, there will be obstacles. Man Bat and the werewolf have to acquire some intelligence in their animal forms. Maybe Dorian can change the mutagen again. At least you could do is give them uh, more appearances. At least think about it, please. That was Jeremy Lane in New York. Scott says, I don't know, Jeremy. Mutants? Who'd ever buy something like that? That was pretty pretty great. Yeah, that pretty great. Th- that that was that was that was really good. But you know what? I, I literally just thought of this the second. Like you probably mm-hmm. you probably could do a pretty good three issue, three, four issue miniseries starring all of them in the Batman the Animated Series style. But oh sure. But just essentially make it like a satire of a like an X-Men animated story. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think you could you can get you can get some like some, you definitely do some fun and some yucks out of it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me read. Let me read one more. I got to find it. I only want to read this this one because it's so transparently horny. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Catwoman Medley, loved your performance on the fox hunt. You should have won. Let's get rowdy. Please contact me. <laughs> Lee Solomon. And then he left his full address. I'm not going to dox him on the pod, but he left his full. He's like, Catwoman, please come to my home. <laughs> well, I, you're right. Yeah, I should I should have. Uh, I should have maybe taken that as my actual favorite letter because I did. I did like the uh, the the uh, let's get rowdy. It's like, oh, he knows it's going to be a. Yeah. You know, yeah. He, he knows that he knows that <laughs> Selena is, isn't going to be. Uh, so. After leaving his his full address and then printing it in in Batman Adventures 25, they say, Scott says, and let me know what happens. I'm on pins and needles. (laughs) Oh, he probably got Uh, he probably got some weird letters. I'm sure he got some weird letters. I'm sure he wanted those weird letters, Jason. (laughs) If if he indeed wanted those weird letters, I hope he got them. Some. I I just I hope that he got some weird letters and maybe a weird Polaroid. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe love. Maybe both. <laughs> you want the next issue stinger? Yeah, yeah. Because you demanded it again. It's the dynamite duo, Batgirl and Robin. Something's amiss on campus, and it's up to them to save the day. But they, can they possibly do it without revealing their identities to anyone, including each other? Batman Adventures 26. Campus Calamity by Kelly, Mike, Rick, Rick, and Rich. See you then, Scott Peterson. I what? Well, yeah, I'm excited about yeah, it. Yeah, when I read that, I was like, "Oh, that should be fun." I'm like, that, 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 I'm like, I'm like, yeah." I, I, my my first thought was like, I, "I bet that'll play for some like really fun gags of like, oh yeah, they're yeah, they're, they're both trying to keep secret identity from each other, doing the same thing." Like, I'm I'm looking forward to some playful banter. Yeah, yeah. And and for and for Barbara Gordon being being all horned up for Tim Drake. Well, for Robin. Oh, come for on. Robin, no, I'm sorry. For no. Robin, not for Tim Drake. We, we left the we left the horny in the letters column, Jason. We're moving on to the okay. two read pile. Oh. You want to hit the two read pile? Yeah. Welcome to the two read pile. If you are listening to this on your podcast app, know that there is an extended to read pile that crops up on my YouTube every Wednesday. So if you want a little bit more 
comics talk a little bit. If you want to see Jason and I's face, if you want to see, maybe you're not so interested in that, but you maybe you want to see some art from the books we're talking about. That's going to go up on my YouTube. That's every Wednesday. Uh, the YouTube is youtube.com slash Nick And with that, let's hit the two read pile. Jason. Yo. What are you reading? I am reading. Uh, I'm actually, I, I've, it came out a few years ago. Uh, I love this book. Uh, I'm going to reread it. I wanted to bring something to, to the two read pile. And uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, four kids walk into a bank. Uh, a classic. Yeah. A modern classic. Yeah. I, I, I think What's so. What's the creative team on it? The creative team is Art and Design by Tyler Boss, Flatting by Claire Dizzuti. I hope I pronounced that right. Lettering by Thomas Maurer, Wallpaper Design by Courtney Menard, and Writing by Matthew Rosenberg. So tell me about four kids walk into a bank. So four kids walk into a bank. Uh, I really don't want to give too, too much about it uh, away because I, I just I, I love the story. Uh, it's a heist story about uh, these four friends who are nerds. It opens with a few fantasy pages of some characters yeah. that don't reappear in the book because they're playing D&D, you know, until nice. I, until I think a bottle of orange soda gets uh, knocked over. Um yeah. The, the the artwork is this beautiful is it's, it's this beautiful uh, brushy style that I'm such a sucker for Ugh, God, good ink. There's something about good inking that just really like just really hits me like right, 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 right in the middle, sure. right in the middle of the heart. You know, it's just a, a really imaginative, uh, well done story that gets really dark because like it involves kids. And so you think it's going to be this like, oh, these kids are going to rob a bank and like what kind of hijinks? Oh, no, there's this real real mortal danger in here. Uh, yeah. but it's, it's, uh, it's told supremely well to me. It reads like a really good, uh, Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips story. Oh, uh, that's high praise. Yeah. It, it reads like that kind of crime story, but also has fun with, um, <laughs> with the fact that they're kids. Cause I, I remember, sure. And I, I, I'm going to read it out. So I make sure I remember every word, but there's, you know, it's broken up into chapters in the beginning of every chapter. There's a quote, and I think that mm-hmm. this is a quote from somewhere that they slightly changed for it to fit kids, but I love it. And this is when I first bought this book years ago. It's what made me fall in love with it immediately was chapter two. You don't make up for your sins in school. You do it at the arcade. You do it at the candy store. The rest is bullshit and you know it. <laughs> I was, like, like, no, sh- that's, that's pretty fantastic. Yeah. As I just remember, like, I seriously remember sitting in that and it wasn't even because I remember I wasn't even uh, living in this apartment. It was my previous apartment when I, when I bought this book. And like, I just like, re- you know, sitting there, got my setup and reading my, my comic book. And as soon as I hit that chapter two, like I already loved it from the beginning, but as soon as I hit that chapter two, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not getting up till I finish this. Cause this is fucking great, man. I haven't, I haven't read four kids walk into the bank, into a bank. Uh, it's been recommended to me and many times. I know that it kind of launched Matthew Rosenberg's career and I like him as a writer. Like I've read other stuff that he's done. Um, it's always been on my pile. Maybe I should, maybe I should read it as well. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just really, it's really well done. And especially ter- too, in terms of crime stories, I can tell that, that Rosenberg has a very, uh, he, he has a nice knowledge of probably a lot of Ed Brubaker stories, probably some like a lot of great seventies uh, crime uh, movies, you yeah, know, like yeah. th- those kinds of things. Like, I can, I can just feel that energy. It's like, oh, he really understands that like the things that like 
the thing that makes an Ed Brubaker story and Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips story really good is that Ed Brubaker as a writer deeply cares about and even has backstories for himself for every character like that he has, you know, because he wants the the motivation for all of them. And he understands that the, that the, even though it's a big plot that they're following because it's a crime story and you follow the crime, that it's the characters Mm -hmm. that need to really be put, like push things forward and like that really pull you in, you know? And like, that's the same thing for four kids walking to a bank. It's all, I love all the characters, all of the tropes that they sort of represent. And it's just, yeah, it's just really well done. And and it has been one of my favorites for the past, like four or five years, like since like I bought it, like I kind of read it once a year really at this point. Nice. You know, so can't get can't get a better recommendation than that. Yeah, hell yeah. So what do you what do you, what are you reading? Uh, uh, Jason, what am I reading? I received so much psychic damage from Zero Hour that I basically haven't read anything all week. But Ooh, reading sabbatical, I, I I actually got up this morning to read early, a little early to read the stuff that I needed to read for this fucking podcast, because it was just like I was I read so many, so many books for zero hour that I think I kind of like burned myself out a little bit. Dude, Um, I don't know how I don't know how you're standing after that, because I read like way under half of what you did, I think. And like, yeah, I felt like I was on drugs. Even just Armageddon 2001 was a solid like. 200 pages and that was like not even starting to read zero hour but i did read uh, a couple of weeks ago before i got into the zero hour trenches i read batman alien or batman aliens by bernie wrightson and ron mars that's right yeah i didn't know this book existed i didn't Uh, either uh flipping flipping through some old uh uh back issues at a shop and pulled out like a dollar bin batman aliens crossover and i was like this is stupid and then i saw bernie wrightson was on it and i was like this is going in the pile like <laughs> oh well yeah <laughs> bernie wrightson for anyone who doesn't know a uh, big 70s horror guy it it doesn't the book doesn't rise to the level of like his like I don't, did you ever read his frankenstein i guess read it's it's frankenstein it's the novel yeah Ill- illustrated but it's with illustrations yeah, by. but he's illustrated yeah beautiful absolutely gorgeous if you ever want to see bernie Wrights and flex like that book is fucking gorgeous jason um i think but i think he's done some bernie, swamp thing Ber- too right was but- he's done some swamp thing he's a big like 70s 80s horror guy yeah. he does he did a lot of house of mystery house of secrets yep. which you know i love you know it uh, I think he did the first appearance of Swamp Thing um, in House of Mystery. Uh, I think n- issue 94. I'm not sure. Um, obviously, I was like, OK, he's going to be drawing. It's this Bernie Wrightson who does this like meticulous ink work drawing H.R. Giger inspired aliens. I'm in. Yeah. Like I'm sold. Yeah. You got me. So I, I, I got the first issue. I read it. I tracked down the second issue. I read it. It's only two issues. It's very quick read. Um, It does. Like I said, it doesn't rise to the level of like some of his previous work. Mm. Um, You can tell at certain times and he's older when this comes out. So uh, I don't know if he's just like a little more rushed by like 
the DC Dark Horse machine yeah. that's like behind him. I can't remember if he got his start for EC or Creepy, maybe in the in the sixties before the. Oh gosh, I don't, I don't, I can't, I don't I can't know. I, I think he might have done some of that stuff too before. So like, yeah, he might have been pretty, you know, fairly old at this point because I kind of. Right, I, I know that. Right, I I'm pretty sure Wrightson wasn't as old as Frank Frazetta, but I always kind of put them in the same, um, same kind of camp. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. a at least a jet. Je- he's like. Part of that, like Neil Adams generation of people. Okay. Kind of thing. Yeah, that makes more. Yeah, because Frazetta was way earlier, even in comic books, was like yeah, the yeah. Like 30s and stuff. At least that's my perception. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Going off of gut instinct and zero facts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the way podcasting was intended. Whatever. We love you, Bernie Wrightson. Here's the thing like, Bernie Wrightson will, will knock your socks off. Hmm. This book felt a little bit rushed. However, you can tell he's rushing in the places where it's like, oh, it's just talking heads, you know, like, oh, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. I'm not going to spend 18 when he gets hours to on the this. aliens. <laughs> right. When it's like Batman fighting alien fist fighting an alien. It's like, oh, shit, dude. Like, yes, yes. One of the, one of the, the alien opens his mouth and the little the little like throat mouth comes out yeah, you know yeah. and batman grabs it and punches it and it's i'm like yes i'm in i'm in 100 percent. let's go I, they do it uh, they do a credits around mars as well they they open up the second issue with a retelling of batman's origin he's like having a nightmare and it's like he's a child it's the wayne family into crime alley and they they hear a noise Thomas Wayne turns around and he's got a face hugger on him <laughs> and it's it's like wrapped around his throat and on his face. And and like he's like, mom, and he looks and his mom goes down and then a chest burst like happens with an alien. It's fucking rad, Jason. That's amazing. That's that's <laughs> it's so good. It's such a great, great idea to like play with the mythos. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and uh, man, very, very fun. And big up, big up to yeah. Ron Mars for like, cause I'm sure Ron Mars was like, holy shit, like Bernie Wrightson's going to draw my script. This, this is going to be right, amazing. He's like, yeah. he, he was, pro- I'm, I'm sure he was like, his mind was flooded with like, and I want him to draw this and I want him to draw this and I want him to draw. Yeah. Yeah. So there is another Batman Aliens. It's not drawn by Bernie Wrightson. I don't know who it's written by, um, but this one was, was very good. This was the one that came previous to that. You have to see if they have it on the app. It's not on any apps because it is a crossover issue. It's Dark Horse owned and that's right. uh, DC owned. So you can't really find it anywhere. You got to get it in paper. Um, got to hit them shops. Jason. I'm going to dig through the bins. I haven't been in Sarge's in about a uh, little over a month. The, so I'm jonesing. Jonesing. The whole the whole thing is predicated on like Wayne Enterprises has a botanist in the Amazon somewhere and that person has gone dark. So Batman kind of parachutes in to see what's going on. He bumps into immediately when he parachutes in, bumps into like a like black ops team. And uh, they are basically the fodder for the alien that is like going to be murdered because you can't murder Batman in the thing because Batman's kind of infallible. Yeah, you know? got to have some red shirts in there, you know. For, right, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So so they are the red shirts and uh, it the way it unfolds is really great. Um, yeah, I no complaints. Really, really loved it. Very fun. Book. Yeah, I was gonna say not necessarily something that you like have to read or whatever. But like if you see if you catch it in like a dollar bin, 
well, pick it up. Well, you made me think. I, I mean, I really, I'm, I'm honest to God, gonna, gonna go flipping through the, the, the bin soon, looking for that. Because like when you said the uh, Batman grabs the, the, the second mouth and like punches it, like it just, <laughs> like it reminds me of like, it's like that's a great signal of like, yes, they know this is a, this, they know this is a pretty silly book, and they're having fun with it. It's like so they're still serious right. about telling a serious ish story. There's a couple of moments where like. They know the aliens are there. They've lost a couple of people in the group already, you know, Yeah. and they're being stalked, basically. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, hey, Batman, here's a gun. And he's like, no, thanks. <laughs> and I'm like, no, thanks. They're aliens. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You're going to punch out an alien, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. Gonna, You're Batman. He's going to send that figure it he's out. Gonna send that alien to Arkham, man. Yeah, where, right. where it can exactly. get reformed. The xenomorph goes right to Arkham. Yeah. Yeah. This this. <laughs> Put him in the back cuffs. This like done, the, done. The, the, this 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 <laughs> creature that, by all accounts, is supposed to be like a you know a psychosexual representation of you know fear. <laughs> is uh, I'm just gonna punch it a bunch. Get pun- <laughs> just gonna punch it. It's, you know, is that is that Batman's overall lesson? You you afraid of something? Just punch it. Punch fear. Just punch, punch it. Punch the concept yeah, of fear that. straight in the face. <laughs> Jason. Nick. If people want to get in touch with you, how do they get in touch with you? They get in touch with me. Uh, I'm at uh, King of Black Acid on Twitter. Also at World Second Finest. The world number two ND Finest uh, on, on the Twitter machine to which I'm still still got my streak going. If I miss a day, I miss a day. Nice. nice. I mean, if I miss a posting about an episode, I, I might miss it. But if I don't miss it, I will have a song parody in mind. You, you, you bet your sweet bippy. I will have a song parody in mind. <laughs> don't, don't bet the sweet bippy. I'm betting it. I need that. Nope. I need that. Quit, don't lose it. Going all in with the bippy. Going all in. <laughs> you can find me uh, at linktreecom slash Uh That'll have. Everywhere I am, including uh, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, uh, you know, what, what all the all the places that will have me every club that will have me. <laughs> I am a member. <laughs> <laughs> the, the anti Groucho. You're you're. Yeah, you're, exactly. Exactly. You, oh, they'll have me. Excellent. The biz- I'm excited about that. Bizar- bizarro <laughs> Groucho marks. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I, I've got some stuff planned for uh, the Twitch stream, but I, like I said, I've been working on this graphic novel, so I've been kind of slammed. So lately, it's only been a little bit of Fire Emblem on the weekends, but hopefully we'll get back to doing some art very, very soon. So I'm excited about that. But oh, uh, yeah. some old art has been posting on the uh, YouTube, so check it out there. And the extended to read pile. You might already be on YouTube right now. I don't I don't know. I'm not you. <laughs> I'm not your boss. I don't know. I'm not looking over your shoulder. Not yet. Making sure that you're that you're filing all your your W-2s and whatnot. I, what is business, Jason? I don't know. I have no idea. We need to end this podcast. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. So I swear, I swear to God, I'm not high, but I just thought of this question. How long if like if you got like some sort of superpower where you could like, you know, or curse, call it whatever you want, like not have to take a piss or shit ever again or like your body just couldn't do it but like you would be fine you know like you just eat and then the food just does whatever 
How long sure, sure. do you think you could go doing that before you just go like, I kind of miss it. What the fuck? <laughs> I, I think it'd be a long, long time for me. I, <laughs> Jason, I don't know. I don't know if you, I don't know if you know this, but uh, I basically constantly think about how I wish that I didn't have to like eat, sleep, like shit, like all of that stuff in, in as far as like the beauty of life goes, I find it monotonous and tiresome. <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I, I, I. Oh, cool. I'm hungry again. Oh, I got to go to the bathroom again. Great. I, great. I love food and I love eating and I would certainly miss that. But there are sometimes every once in a while we're like, yeah, I just wish for like a few days that there were going to be a pill that I could take that would just make me feel full take care of my bodily needs move on with your and life yeah. move on but i do i do love mm-hmm. i mean you know sometimes like really good food is just like you know i, I love sure. I, I love the like sure. i'm i've <laughs> i was full a half hour ago sort of yeah. you know <laughs> ah. 